As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. We are about to get into kind of a controversial topic here, the medicated versus unmedicated birth. This is a topic that we plan to dispel once and for all. So I really feel like in the world of birth and when a woman's pregnant, a lot of people want to know, what are your plans for birth? What are your goals for birth? And it's a very us versus them mentality when it comes to medicated versus unmedicated. People seem to think you have to pick a side. It's kind of like politics. You're either all Democrat <laughs> or all Republican, and people don't understand that there can be a lot in the middle. Yes, a lot. So we want to encourage you that... Um, it shouldn't matter to anybody except for you about how you choose to give birth. So right now, if you, no matter how you choose, are getting any flack from anybody, let it go. It does not matter. My girl, Rachel Hollis, she says somebody else's opinion of you is none of your business. And I feel like that can kind of apply in this situation of as well. Somebody else's opinion on what your ideal birth looks like isn't really, it's not their business and it's it's yours. And what they think about it shouldn't really matter to you. And the best part about birth is you can literally, like, never talk to anybody about anything. And all of a sudden, everyone decides that they have an opinion about what you're doing with your body and your baby. So it's a really fun, fun time to be pregnant. It's a a good – you know what? I think it's a teaching moment because especially if you haven't had children before – Prepare yourself for a whole heck of a lot of unsolicited advice, right? Especially <laughs> That's the perfect way mom. to put it. And so you're just getting a little taste of that when you're pregnant, and you're going to have people giving their opinion. Now, I will say that I really only cared when people were giving me an opinion that I didn't share, or they were telling me yet another traumatic birth story. When somebody was telling me about their positive birth experience mm-hmm. and you know, then it was fine. Then I didn't mind them giving me that advice. No, then it was, it's something you can build strength off of. Definitely. I love that. You know what this is reminding me of though? Remember those Love's commercials, like for the Love's diapers? And they'd have like a picture of like mom breastfeeding and it's like first time, like your first time mom. And she's at the table at a dinner place or whatever. And she's all covered up and like trying, like uncomfortable and trying to cover herself and hiding behind things and not wanting anybody to see. And then it's like third baby or whatever. And it's her like 
ordering dinner with her top off, breastfeeding a baby, and the guy's <laughs> looking at her boobs, and she's like, up here, like, I'm ordering. <laughs> I feel like it's that way with birth. That first one, I was, like, really cautious about what I was saying to people about and things, and, you know, like, yeah, kind of covering up what I was doing, and then by the third, I'm like, here I am, I'm giving birth, back up, you know? I don't know. I feel like it's that kind of thing. Well, I think by, you know, with each subsequent pregnancy, I would hope that you know your own preferences and your own desire a yeah. little bit better and you're a little more confident in that and if you're not that's okay and that's you know in the my essential birth course we get women coming to us who are on their first pregnancy we also get women coming to us who are on their fourth or fifth pregnancy so at any point in the game you can say i need a little more help here i need some more information but the trend i think is that you're a little bit more confident as time goes on yeah and i think something that goes along with that is and maybe something that we even aren't super awesome about as a community right now, or that we're not taught as women, even from a young age, and that's to trust our intuition. Um, I think that's something that is lacking from community, society as a whole, but certainly with birth, that um, we are powerful, we're in tune with our bodies. And this coming from me, who I thought I have zero intuition when it comes to my body, but let me tell you, when I gave birth to my third baby and I had to rely on that intuition because I was at home and I didn't have medication or other things that I could lean on if I desired to at that moment, um, I, I all of a sudden realized, no, I, I do have intuition. I can trust my body and, and my mind and what it's doing right now. So mm -hmm. I think it's really, really important that we kind of breathe that life into you guys that... Um, you as women have intuition and particularly when you're pregnant, you have a mother's intuition for yourself, your baby, your body. Yeah. I think really the most important thing between, you know, medicated, unmedicated, giving birth by rivers, you like to say, <laughs> or giving birth in a hospital at the end of the day, at the end of the birth, really all that matters is if you can look back on the experience and you feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah, if you have positive things to say about that birth, if you look back and it gives you joy, um, then that was a good birth. Yeah. However, um, if you look back on your birth and you feel some frustration or you feel a lot of questioning or maybe it's guilt or maybe it's fear or maybe it's disappointment, whatever you might be feeling, what are some other things? Depression. I Depression. remember looking back on my first and just being fully depressed and confused. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You might be seeking... Yeah. Uh, a different experience for the next time around. Yeah, and this isn't, it isn't always that the different experiences, the amount of medication used, we're kind of using that as a guide here. Um, but oftentimes it has to do with the process. And the process very often includes either some form of medication or trying to do it um, with less intervention, whether that's medication or other, other interventions that come up with the birth. Yeah. So if you fall into that category, maybe you've had a baby or two before. And there was something in you that said, this needs to be different. And I don't know exactly what, then trust that feeling, trust that intuition, like Stephanie was saying. But if you look back and you feel good about everything, then um, certainly you can live in that space and, and be great. One of the things I like to tell people is, you know, with the average American woman having, what is it, like two children on average, mm -hmm. you know, this isn't something you're going to get to do every day. And so it's up to you, and it's okay for you to choose to make this whatever kind of experience you want it to be that's going to leave you feeling um, happy and joyful because I feel like those feelings carry over into motherhood. Yeah, in fact, when we talk about birth and um, 
the experience itself. When women talk about their birth stories, you know, 95% of what they're talking about is the emotion behind mm -hmm. it. It's how they felt during the experience. It's not necessarily what the process was in terms of at five o'clock, I started contractions. And, it, you know, it's not like that. It's, you know, I remember how at that first contraction, I remember how the doctor spoke to me. I remember what my husband said. I remember mm -hmm. being touched like this. I remember how I felt. And so I think that's how we feel. It's, it's so much an inward experience when we're talking about birth. Um, it's not just the physical things that are going on. Exactly. So when we talk about, and, and I understand when people use the term natural birth, but I've also heard people argue that, well, all birth is natural, right? Yeah. Um, but typically we're talking here about medicated versus unmedicated birth. And so when we talk about unmedicated, these are typically women who are trying to avoid things like epidurals, Pitocin, um, any kind of analgesic that's going to... Med yeah, medical interventions particularly that could lead to um, further interventions, including cesarean. Mm -hmm. Things that kind of put you more in the bed or um, give you less options during the birth process. Right. So let's kind of break this down here. Let's talk about what are... What are the whys? Why would a mother choose to have a medicated birth and have that be her preference? Why would a mother choose an unmedicated birth? Um, we've heard all kinds of different reasons from different women before. And, and then let's kind of get into the pros and cons of each. I think that would be helpful. Okay, so let's dive in. So why would somebody choose to have a medicated birth? Um, we came up with a few reasons, and certainly I can relate to some of these. I think fear was um, or can be kind of a driving force, either emotional or physical, and that could be like fear of pain, mm -hmm. um, fear of you know not being able to do it, or um, fear from other people's stories, like we had talked about, and yeah. particularly mothers or sisters who have had you know maybe not so great experiences. Neighbors, women at church, it's like everyone, but yeah. everyone, yeah. Um, trauma is something that this is probably leaning towards the more. You know, not everybody deals with this side, but um, women who have had sexual trauma and um, when there are sensations down low during this time can bring back kind of some very strong, um, not comfortable feelings. So women that have dealt with sexual trauma um, or needing a disconnect from their body in some way. We know of women that had either surrogates or women who are planning to give up their baby for adoption for one reason or another who um, have decided they don't want to feel that connection and that connection for them comes through the feeling of the birth. Yeah, so having a Medicaid birth then in essence for women in these scenarios can um, take away many of the sensations mm -hmm. and help to sort of ease that transition and help avoid some of that trauma. Um, so another reason why a mother might choose a medicated birth on purpose is they, they want to enjoy the spirit experience. <laughs> I And that's not to say that you can't enjoy your unmedicated birth. Trust me, Stephanie and I are huge fans of that. We both have had those. But I remember I was helping a mother through a birth. And as a doula, you don't just help the mothers that are having unmedicated births. Doulas are there for mothers who are getting an epidural, mothers who are having a cesarean, um, all kinds of reasons. But anyway, I was helping this mom. And we got to the sweet spot of when it would be a good time for her to get an epidural. And she got her epidural. And then everybody, we all took a nap. And oh, she just slept. And yes. I remember thinking, and I was tired. It had been, she'd gone through, honestly, about 24 hours of labor. And it was an induction. And so it kind of been hard on all of us, honestly. We were all really tired and looking forward to that nap. But 
I remember laying there as I kind of drifted off to sleep thinking, man, she, and it's true, she ended up dilating all the way to, you know, 10 centimeters and slept through most of that. And I remember thinking, I had to, when I had my unmedicated births, which I did with all four, I fought so hard for those (laughs) five to 10 centimeters. And here she just kind of slept through the whole thing. But I know you and I were talking about this. We've had couples watch a movie during that time, play cards, play games, FaceTime with family. And, you know, the whole time birth's still going. They just aren't really having to deal with the discomfort. through the super hard stuff. Yeah. And it it was and is. It can be very enjoyable during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, I know another reason is kind of like, wait, why would I have to go? If I don't have to, why would I choose to go through this pain? <laughs> is that worth it? I can I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I totally you know, get that. They, they have faith that, man, somebody directed God. <laughs> no, God directed somebody to create that epidural, and I'm going to take full advantage of it. So exactly. we understand a lot of those reasons for why somebody would purposefully choose a medicated birth. And, and I can relate to some of those feelings there. So let's talk then about women who choose an unmedicated birth or what's sometimes dubbed as a natural childbirth. Why? Why would somebody do that? Um, I know for me, I, and I've said this before, but I wanted to experience everything. I wanted to feel it from start to end. And um, I don't regret doing that at any time. In fact, um, I joke that like, I'm one of those weirdos that like, Pregnancy is great. I am, I'm not in love with being pregnant, but I can't wait for labor. That is like my showtime, you know? I love it. So um, for me, that, that was super important. As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Well, and I've had students come to me too, and these are usually moms who have had a baby or two. And I remember one time a girl came to me and she said, you know, I asked her, why are you, why are you taking this class? And she said, you know, with my first birth, it it was fine. We had a healthy baby boy at the end of it, but I just felt so out of control. Like I felt like I had no control over anything. I didn't have any control over my own body. She said, you know, they even catheterized me because I couldn't even like pee, Mm -hmm. control my own peeing, pee abilities. (laughs) And she said, "I, I hated that. I hated that it was just something that happened to me. I wanted to feel more a part of that experience. Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel every sensation that birth had to offer me. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I felt very much that way. As I've said before, with my first, it happened to me. Yeah. I was not actively a part of that birth. Another great reason women choose an unmedicated birth would be because They know that sense of accomplishment and achievement that comes from passing through something that is that is difficult or challenging. Um, Sometimes I compare it to running a marathon, right? 
running a marathon is not an easy thing. And when you talk about people, oh man, you know, those last few miles, I just didn't think I could make it. And then I did. And the euphoria, the sheer euphoria that is there at the end or kicks in that last mile, or as you start to approach the finish line with a cheering crowd, nothing beats that feeling. And it's an incredible feeling. And that sense of accomplishment at the end of it can be something that you carry with you throughout your whole life. I know that You know, there's been various points in my life where I haven't physically felt like my body was all that great, but it only took me remembering what my body and I did, Mm -hmm. right, as if we're two separate things, but what (laughs) I did physically through these amazing unmedicated births that I have for me to just feel so much gratitude for my body and and recognize that I can do hard things. Yeah, and well and it's just an empowering experience overall. It's like you said it doesn't it doesn't just count for birth. It translates to the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we um make that a positive thing. I think so often I have heard, especially even in my personal life from providers, like, I know, you know, you it's like this thing, you, you want to feel good or whatever the case. Yeah, I do. I do. I want to experience that. What's wrong I with do wanting want, to feel like a why, hero? Why? Exactly. And you know what? You, as a man, you push that out of your body parts and tell me you don't feel powerful as can be, okay? <laughs> so don't be jealous. And yeah, I'm gonna, I am going to do that, and I'm going to feel really dang good about it. So don't feel bad for feeling incredible about being able to birth your baby. In fact, I think it's meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are, you're born with a uterus. You're made to be able to give birth. The struggle and getting to the other side is what gives you, makes you realize what you're capable of doing. Isn't that power. true of a lot of life experiences? Yes. I look back on, you know, the infertility struggles that we had. I think everybody has some childhood hard things that they went through, right? Yeah. But it was a lot of getting through those hard things that defined a lot of who I am today and actually strengthened me. Yeah. And so I, I don't think we can underestimate that as a reason. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, Along those same lines, you know, we're talking about this euphoria, this feeling of empowerment and achievement. There is a strong physical and spiritual connection that occurs during an unmedicated birth. Yeah, I... Um, I talk about this one all the time. I share it every chance I get because it was the most incredible experience of my entire life. I, um, it was actually with my third baby, home birth, my first time doing it completely unmedicated. And I was pushing for about four and a half hours before that baby was born. Didn't Which have just so to you guys be that know, long. that's not the average. Let's <laughs> be very no. clear. No, it didn't. But I hadn't done it before. And as I kept pushing and that little baby's head got a little lower, I was like, man, that doesn't feel so hot. So I'm just going to sit in this spot for a little longer. Anyways, so that's what took me so long. But towards the end, I had this moment because I was getting exhausted because I wasn't willing to push past that discomfort. And I thought, I went over all the things in my head. Okay, you don't have the option to ask somebody for an epidural. You're at home. What are your options? Well, you can call an ambulance and have people in your house with bright lights and all kinds of stuff and an uncomfortable trip to the hospital. And likely not just an epidural, but a cesarean, because this is the hospital that said they didn't really care that you had had to be back before. Well, I, I had to go through all these, and I literally brought my mind physically through those, mentally through those things. And I thought, I that's not an option. That's not an option for me. And the other option I'm having trouble with, I can't push this baby out. And so what I did is I made this resolve in my head. I'm like, I 
I am going to push this baby out were kind of the words that I was saying. And I told my husband, because I was in the birth tub at this time, I said, go upstairs and make the bed. I'm going to get out of the water because maybe that's what's stopping things and I'm going to have this baby. He makes the bed and on his way back down, I had been praying for the first time during this birth, which is so silly because I pray. (laughs) I'm a woman of prayer and I'm praying and I finally said, I'm like, Heavenly Father, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. I cannot push this baby out on my own. And my husband comes downstairs and he said, he's like, all right, let's go. Ready to pick me up out of the water because everyone's like, okay, like let's do this. And I said, no, it's happening. And that baby was out two pushes later. Most incredible experience of my life. I felt um, what I believe is my Lord and Savior in my life through my body helping me to birth. And there's nothing. There's nobody can take that away from me. That was the most incredible experience ever. Stephanie and I am looking at both of us. I know. know We're watering. I've got watery eyes happening over here. I love it. There's... um, I remember when I was in transition, which is that period probably right around nine centimeters before you're ready to start pushing, and it's often the most intense part of labor, Mm -hmm. and it's the shortest, but it's the most intense, and kind of like you, I I reached a point of sort of spiritual surrender, and I think that's so important, and I just, I was praying out loud, it didn't matter, you know, because my my midwife had already set up her delivery table, I was at the hospital, there were nurses kind of bustling all around, they knew it was coming soon, but Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily know that. And I was just praying out loud, please ease my burden and make it light. And when I finally just kind of spiritually gave over to that experience, she was, she was there less than 10 minutes later. It's amazing. It's pretty incredible. Um, another reason women choose on purpose an unmedicated birth is because there are, um, inherent safety advantages to having an unmedicated birth. And we're going to kind of get into these as what can be seen as a con to the medicated side of things, but it it kind of, um, and I hate using blanket statements, but typically women who have an unmedicated birth don't have all the um, interventions and safety issues and baby's hearts dropping and stuff like that. Of course, those things can happen, Mm -hmm. but there's less of a risk for those things. Yeah, because there's less of um, the interventions like you talked about. That was a big one for me after having a cesarean. I thought, uh, I feel like it's safer for me to not have surgery every time I have a baby, for my baby (laughs) and for myself. There are many, many reasons that it's good for baby to go through the vaginal canal, and that includes, you know, fluid in the lungs, um, the the vaginal... Not juices. That is the word that is coming to my mind. Um, vaginal bacteria, the good bacteria that passes over baby that is actually um, a positive thing for them to have on them. There, there's many reasons other than just the mother having surgery um, for mom and baby. But I'll tell you just, and not that cesarean is a bad thing. We're grateful that it's an option when it's absolutely necessary. But let me tell you, taking care of a baby newborn baby after having abdominal surgery is no walk in the park. You oh, no. you need to be taking care of yourself, but you're getting up every two hours, trying not to over-medicate yourself, you know, with the pain and stuff, getting up every two hours to feed your baby. And I, it's just, it's a lot harder than it has to be. So Well, and this isn't even just like wishful thinking. If you actually yeah. pull up the World Health Organization statistics on maternal and fetal outcomes during birth, The countries who are ranked the highest, meaning they're the best when it comes to maternal and fetal care, are typically countries who follow what they call a midwife model of care. And that's basically, um, for the most part, unmedicated birth. You know, where a cesarean section, a cesarean birth is there, um, 
you know, kind of as, as a last resort as it should be. And it's, you know. Yeah, or you've referred to, referred to it before, like kind of like a lifeguard. Yeah, exactly. I really like that. Yeah, like a lifeguard where they only step in and intervene when necessary. So Yeah, you know what? It was like that with us in, when we were overseas in Germany. We met with an OB to, for every single appointment, but the midwives delivered. And mm-hmm. you wouldn't see the OB unless there was an absolute need for yeah. an intervention. But Japan, a lot of the Scandinavian countries, I feel like they, they get it. Mm-hmm. And um, these women, they more often than not have an unmedicated birth that's overseen by a midwife. And as a result, their maternal fetal outcomes are better than what they are in countries that overutilize cesarean birth and interventions. Um, And then I would say that one of the last whys, at least that we came up with, for having an unmedicated birth is the bonding that can take place between mom and baby and mom and partner and partner and baby. So my husband and I, we've always had a really close relationship, just very much in love with each other. I don't think he or I fully anticipated how bonding going through that that full experience of birth, all the sensations, working through that discomfort, and in some cases that anguish together, how that would bring us so much closer. But it did. There are pictures I look back on with the birth of my little girl, and I they just make me want to cry because here I am, I'm holding her in my arms. It's within 30 seconds after birth. And our My Essential Birth students, you can see this, of course, in the course we show you the pictures, but I'm looking up at my husband with just sheer gratitude and love in my eyes because I knew that I came through that experience not by myself, but as a result of he and I working in tandem, I'm getting a little emotional, (laughs) to bring our little girl Earthside, and there's something so incredibly strengthening about that. And I don't want to say it's not that you don't, have that bond when you have a medicated birth, but when you, just kind of like what we were talking about, when you come through something that's so challenging together and you embrace that reward of having your baby in your arms together, that's so incredibly bonding. And so I loved what that did each and every single time for my husband and I, but there's also great bonds that come from, from mother and baby too. Um, Okay, so let's take a moment and some of the pros that we're going to go over for each of these kind of pros, cons, a lot of the pros are the whys. So if we want to head back to medicated really quick, some of the pros that maybe we didn't mention for the whys, you can't feel the pushing pain. (laughs) That is the pro. Yeah, pro for medicated birth. Can't feel pushing um, that's and, and if you have an epidural, because that's that's not necessarily when we talk medicated. A lot of times, what we're talking about is epidural. But um, as an example, with my second, I didn't. I was trying to have that baby naturally without an epidural. However, um, the way that I went about that was I had a narcotic um, to kind of take the edge off, mm-hmm. and that is not what it did for me. Um, so. So it ended up being an epidural. But so when we talk about you can't feel the pushing pain, you may very well feel the pushing pain if, or pain or discomfort, however you want to say it, if you have had a narcotic or if you're, and it's, you know, you don't have, you're not completely numb or if your epidural is becoming less numb towards the end. But um, generally you're going to have less pain, certainly when you're pushing and during contractions. Yeah. And then that can include um, the end part there. If there is tearing, which is kind of a con of medication that you are more likely to tear with an epidural. Um, you can't feel the stitching unless that has worn off or we've taken too long, and that can be a con as well. Yeah. I think I think one of the unfortunate things, and I don't want to like horror story here, but um, some of the things that we hear, and I've even had friends who they have an epidural and then it wears off, 
And then they feel everything. Mm-hmm. And even including, like, the end of the pushing. Um, so that, I mean, those are, we're going to call them rare, but they do happen. Yeah. So cons for a medicated birth would be that a lot of times these medications slow down labor. So if you get an epidural, and especially if you don't get it at the right time, which is something important that a good birth class should teach you, but if you get an epidural, it relaxes a lot of things. It relaxes you. It relaxes the uterus, and when the uterus is overly relaxed, it stops making contractions. So then they'll often give you Pitocin to start creating those contractions again. And anyway, it's just this like song and dance of needing more and more to try and help a labor that's slowed down. And we see that a lot. Yeah. And something that comes along with that, and you kind of touched on it, particularly if you're getting these epidurals um, too early in the game, while mom isn't feeling much of what's going on, baby's still going through contractions. And so that's where if we extend that birth for quite some time because we've slowed down labor and have to use Pitocin for contractions, then we're actually um, kind of stressing baby out and that can lead to further intervention. Yeah. When baby's stressed out, their heart rate can start to do some funky things and and yeah, that leads to more intervention. So um, the cons to a medicated birth are that it, it can cause more pain because the actual administration of the epidural isn't painless at all. You're having to curl over, hunched over. First of all, you've got to wait on the anesthesiologist if they're not available right away or they're helping other moms. Um, and then usually through contractions, you're having to hold that position while they try to place it. Um, so that's not always easy. And sometimes when they're placing it, they don't always get it right. So I've heard lots of stories from moms who, oh, it only went on my left side or just my right, or sometimes moms who it went up instead of down, and that can be kind of frustrating. Yeah, and we hope that those are rare stories as well. Mm-hmm. I will say um, for for a mother, um, even like myself, who was not prepared in a way to be able to handle discomfort like that, um, think about the fact that you are feeling in such a way so much discomfort that it sounds good to have a needle placed into your back to numb your body. <laughs> so when you get to that point, I mean, for mothers who reach that point and they're like, no, I, I don't want to do this anymore, that can actually be a pro. This is a sigh That's of relief true. when it works and it kicks in. And um, you should, yeah, disclaimer that, yes, there is wait time for them to get there, wait time for them to place, and wait time for the medicine to begin to work. But yes. Yeah. Um, Some other cons to having a medicated birth would be that you kind of lose options. And this is along those same lines of, you know, more likely to have interventions. It can cause problems with baby. Um, But you lose a lot of those options when you choose an opt-in to those meds. So you lose freedom of movement. um, You get catheterized. You have a blood pressure cuff on. um, You have to have an IV continuously, continuous fetal monitoring of baby and of your contractions. There's just... You can't eat and drink. Can't eat and drink. There's just a lot of other things that you take on when you say yes to. Yeah. In fact, one of the things, part of what you're signing when you sign for the epidural is that now that you're receiving administration of a medication, um, that you're giving the hospital the the ability to make decisions for you during birth. Mm -hmm. And then I think one of the other things I've observed through helping moms is that they often aren't able to get up and walk around. Right, right. They've got to wait for that epidural to wear off. Yeah, after you have the baby. Absolutely. Yeah, and that includes trying to go to the bathroom and <laughs> all the fun stuff that comes postpartum when it would really be nice to just be snuggling with your baby and do what you want to do. Exactly. 
All right, so let's talk about cons to an unmedicated birth. Stephanie and I really had to kind of think about these, but we did come up with some and we wanted to share those with you. So just like how we said that one of the pros to an unmedicated birth is that you get to experience the full gamut of sensation, that's also a con. You <laughs> you feel everything. Every you feel everything. Yeah. And that's not always uh, fun, happy times. No, I was joking with Courtney before we started recording. I'm like, when I had my VBAC with my second and I had an epidural for the last couple hours there, not only did I get to rest, but I pushed that baby right out. We went out to dinner the next night. Not that I recommend that, but I was on cloud nine. I could walk around. Now, fast forward to my third birth where I pushed where I shouldn't have had to for four and a half hours. I had some power over that. But when I was pushing for four and a half hours, you better believe it was a little hard to walk for the next couple of days. <laughs> was I still on cloud nine mentally and emotionally? Heck yes. But my body was like, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I don't want you guys to get freaked out. I had unmedicated no. births and I was up and walking around within an hour I after. I hope I'll be better this time. And felt amazing. <laughs> so I don't want that to deter It's all about you. learning to relax the lower parts. Okay, this is a big con to choosing an unmedicated birth, and that is you get to sit there and deal with everybody else's opinions on what you what your goals are for birth. And we, we address this at the beginning of this episode where that's really, it's none of their business what you do, and it's none of your business what their opinion of it is, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to have to endure some... Yeah, and that goes from the gentle, like, oh, are you are you sure you can handle that? Yeah. To the extreme doctor or provider in your face saying what you're doing is not safe for you and your baby. And, you know, particularly when I was having a vaginal birth after cesarean out of hospital. Oh, my. Be careful. <laughs> Look out. Everybody's going to tell you how you're about to kill yourself and your baby. And it's extreme. So, yeah, you do. You, you kind of have to, to face them. And I just have to throw opinions. in here. You do. You get people who are like, don't you want your baby to live? Go have birth in a oh. hospital. And you should know that, you know, for mothers who are healthy um, in a healthy, normal pregnancy, having a baby, a home birth is every bit as safe as having a hospital birth. Absolutely. Yes. With an experienced, trained midwife, mm-hmm. you, yeah, every bit is safe. And that's the same for vaginal birth after cesarean, which we will have an entire episode on vaginal birth after cesarean, why it's safe, how that works. So along the same lines of having to deal with everybody's opinion on you choosing to have an unmedicated birth, don't be surprised if you find yourself kind of um, battling a little bit with your care provider over some of your preferences for birth. And that's why I feel like it's all the more important to make sure that the things that you're requesting and the things that you're wanting to do, that you've got the evidence and the research to back up what it is that you are wanting to accomplish with your birth goals, um, which again, I'll, I'll plug it shamelessly, <laughs> is one of the reasons why I love the My Essential Birth courses because we make sure that everything um, all the different options are, are backed up with good research. Yeah, and I think it's important, too, when we talk about this. Um, you know, we kind of joke when we're saying battling because the idea here is to have a conversation. And um, it's important, too, to understand that the majority of care providers that you might feel like you're battling with for um, unmedicated options are not seeing unmedicated births. In fact, a lot of, if we're gonna talk about OBs as an example, the majority of of obstetricians that have seen natural births are low in itself. It's not even a requirement for for them, as far as I know, to see or assist in an unmedicated birth prior to completing um, the ability to be a good surgeon 
which is what an LB is. Yeah. Um, and then the last con that we came up with is that let's say that you have a goal of an unmedicated birth. And if you haven't necessarily prepared mentally in the right way to understand and, and really know what your priorities are, then sometimes there's disappointment that can come after the birth if you didn't achieve an unmedicated birth, right? That kind of yeah. frustration that this didn't go at all the way that I had hoped. Yeah, so I certainly felt like with my vaginal birth after cesarean, my second one, um, I had the epidural, and even though I was not able to give birth completely unmedicated, um, I still felt really positive about that. I think it would have been a lot harder if I had another cesarean birth, knowing that uh, it wasn't necessary. I know that the defeating, like that would have been pretty defeating for me. Um, so certainly I, I think that plays a role. For sure. So let's sum up here. Let's sum up this episode. So we talked a lot about unmedicated versus medicated. They don't need to be at odds with each other. It's really none of anybody's business what you choose to do. And there are definite pros and cons to both medicated and unmedicated birth. In the end, though, what you want to make sure and the common denominator for all of these is no matter which option you're choosing, you have to be prepared for it either way. So if you're choosing a medicated birth, and you plan on getting that epidural, that's great, but you should still probably know the best time to get it and how to keep birth progressing after you receive it. If you are planning on an unmedicated birth, that's great. You're probably going to want to know how to work with your body and your partner through some of those more difficult um, transition stages towards the end of birth and, and how to handle the things that come along with all that. And so that's where the My Essential Birth course is awesome. Yeah, and I think really quick too, it's important. We listed some whys and pros and cons for each of those. Some of that is personal. Some of that is what we've seen with, uh, with other families. Don't be discouraged or upset if you didn't match those exactly or anything like that. Or it's likely, and this is why we talk about individuality and women and birth and all this, it's likely that you guys are going to have your own reasons for what you're doing. And so um, I think what's important is knowing your reasons going in so that when you have whatever birth brings you, you can be um, really excited and joyful. I think the main thing, medicated, unmedicated, it doesn't matter where, when, how you give birth. The main thing that we want to get across is that we want you to have joy in your experience. And you are more likely to have that if you are prepared, if you know what's going to be happening. And if you have a say, if you have a voice in everything that's going on during that time, because as we talked about earlier, it's really the emotional experience that you're going to remember when it's all over. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you. 